0: And now, our feature presentation, Imitating Art with Don and Chuck. Alright, welcome to Imitating Art. I'm Don. I'm Chuck. And today we're going to be talking about uh, a movie called Mr. Nobody. And I don't know how many people have seen this one, but um, it's very uh, complex and fun, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting into it.
1: Yeah. I, I like that you say I don't know how many people have seen this one because that's that's like a running problem with the whole show
0: yeah <laughs> of ours is that let's talk about movies no one has seen
1: yeah uh, everyone's like w- what are you doing this week and I'm like oh we're doing parasite and they're like oh wh- what's that
0: well if people haven't seen parasite then that's that's on them they, it won the
1: damn Oscar come on <laughs> how many best picture winners have you actually seen Don most? Most? Like, of the last, like, ten years, probably most,
0: because that's how, that's kind of, I, I make my list based on, like, Oscar nominees.
1: I mean, uh, of the past ten years, I've probably still only seen, like, five Best Picture okay. winners. Point taken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we can start, we can start doing
0: what the, what the people want. That's fine. We can, um, well, we're, we're talking about a temporal movie. We can talk about um, uh, Palm Springs as well.
1: <laughs> I haven't watched that um, yet. Oh,
0: everybody dies. Um, but yeah, we should. Uh, we, maybe we should do something small on that. You know, to to satiate the masses that are, you know, clamoring for uh, popular movies that they've watched.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of my coworkers today who who actually listens to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, yeah, new episode Tuesday, but you probably haven't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him what it was. He was like, what is that? I was like, yeah, I know, but. We're also doing the Matrix soon, so Wait,
0: what which one did you tell him? Sleepwalk with me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean yeah. This is I mean, this is kind of a we're 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 just we're doing this for ourselves here. <laughs> we yeah. sleep with Sleepwalk With Me. At least Mr. Nobody <laughs> had you know, it was Jared Leto and it's kind of a, a big it was it's older, but at least it was a bigger movie, I guess than definitely bigger than Sleepwalk With Me.
1: I mean was it? <laughs> I didn't even hear about uh, Mr. Nobody until a couple of years ago. This is a, like a, an 11 year old movie.
0: It's true. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I just assumed <laughs> that Sleepwalk with Me was, you know, very small. Um, it was, case, but it I, was. I feel the, like
1: they were both pretty small.
0: Yeah, this one just—I guess it just feels bigger because it looks. I mean, it clearly had a much bigger budget.
1: <laughs> yeah, but at points it looks like it was made on a budget.
0: Right. what you mean you do you mean the the, the, the old makeup
1: <laughs> yeah well uh, before we get into it uh, hey it's been like two weeks man what have you been up to
0: well I've been uh, get ready for this traveling around Utah uh, <laughs> and uh, you know hiking and stuff uh, so I'm sure you're surprised to hear that but I have uh, there is new uh, new blood in the car uh, my, my friend Tim joined me. And we've been hiking together. He came out from Missouri. I'm slowly making everybody jealous with my pictures, and they're all coming out to join. (laughs) So Ryan,
1: you're making them them jealous that Tim is with you.
0: Well, I'm I'm making Ryan jealous that Tim is with me. The the tables have turned because uh, Tim was Ryan's first uh, roommate on on his ship uh, when he when he started working on cruise ships, uh, and they became fast best friends, and I was like, you know, a little bit jealous out back here in New Jersey, back there in New Jersey, (laughs) so um, yeah, but I mean, that's really all I've been doing, Uh, what about you?
1: I mean, I've been doing far less, I've been doing (laughs) the same thing I do all the time, which is, I go to work, and then I uh, come home and watch TV and movies, eat food. I did start um, – Max and I have had this idea for, like, a short film for a mm-hmm. while. Well, it's really Max's idea. He's he's the better idea man.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, you know, I've <laughs> tried to fill in the blanks. I'm like – he's like the idea man. I'm like the words on the page man. Mm-hmm. So uh, – So Max is Ma- uh, fuck mountain. <laughs> Max is fuck mountain. So uh, Max is – uh, like, Ben Affleck, I'm Matt Damon, you know?
0: <laughs> sure. That's I'll, how take that. ass- I'll take that however I want to take it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's how everyone assumed it was until, you know, Ben Affleck goes ahead and gets nominated for, for writing movies. Right. Uh, so, but uh, the there's, like, an old saying that it takes, you know, when two people are writing a screenplay, it's one person to pace and one person to type. hmm So I'm just a little better at getting things down on the page, but he's better at the the ideas, so, okay. uh, you know, we talked about it a bunch, uh, but I finally, about a week ago, started, you know, getting, like, those first five pages written of the first awful draft. It's going to be probably terrible, but that's yeah. the whole point of a first draft.
0: Yeah, yeah. vomit draft.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, in uh, in college, it was referred to in our freshman year as the the shitty first draft. Sure. There, that's there another was, way to say it. I forget if it was a book or an essay called Shitty First Drafts that uh, they made us read but so I always think of it as the Shitty First Draft uh, outside of that very fun thing happened about a week ago uh, I'm at work and there's a customer there and he, he sees my face and he's like hey man did did you just start a podcast?
0: what? <laughs>
1: yeah I was like how oh. does this
0: happen to you all the time? <laughs>
1: And I was like, yeah, are, are you a friend of Don's? I just assumed because the only people that I assumed follow us on Instagram that would see my face right. uh, in, in reference to the show are either friends of mine or friends of yours. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nah, man, you, you guys just added me on social media. <laughs> and I was like, that had to have been Don because I feel like that there are people we follow who I have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. So I assume at some point you went on, like, an adding spree of of some sort?
0: Oh, basically for the first month since we opened that uh, Instagram account, I'll just go on and add anyone who has either tangentially related to, like, movie podcasts or podcasts or just anybody who is, like, a friend of a friend of somebody just, like, just to grow the network, you know?
1: Yeah, so it had to be a, a friend of a friend that you added. But yeah. but still, I was like, this is very strange. And that's the day. If you remember, I posted about <laughs> yes. how get, getting recognized on Belgian yeah. Independence Day.
0: Yep, happens once every 10 years. So said yeah,
1: because that. <laughs> that happened 10 years ago, Belgian Independence Day, just <laughs> sitting at, at a bar in Philly. Some guy turns around and says, hey, guy, is this you points to a picture on his phone of me.
0: Uh, which been 10 which years was very strange. Anthony?
1: <laughs> it's been ten years since we met Anthony. I well, wonder how he's doing.
0: I'm sure he's doing fine. Or I he, hope so. This, this, I'm sure he's doing the same, just like yeah. us.
1: <laughs> yep. But so that that's been it for me. And I mean, I've watched a ton of stuff, but
0: no, that's the opposite for me. I really, I really have not watched much of anything um, this past week or the past week, past week or two. Um, uh, yeah, it's been. We've just been busy and we've been getting to camp and going, basically going to bed because we've been getting up at like five every morning for sunrise and hikes and stuff because of the heat in Utah. It's just like if you don't do it in the morning, you're not going to do it. Um,
1: I thought so the heat were in Miami. I thought it was the Jazz that uh, were in Utah.
0: Yep, you got me there. Um, <laughs> however, that's, that does remind me. That's as far me. as
1: my sports jokes can go.
0: We were thinking, we, Ryan just randomly asked the other day if we could think of any singular. Uh, sports teams, and I said the light, the the Tampa Bay Lightning. I didn't think of the mm. Heat. <laughs> I like the <laughs> Heat, but I mean the Heat is it's you know it, can it be plural?
1: <laughs> um, I I don't think or, so because it's is a, is is all it encompassing <laughs> yeah, singular <it's> noun.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, the Heat's a good one though. Um, but anyway, uh, I did mention the Jazz, by the way. <laughs> uh, but I uh,
1: in Utah, the, where there is no music.
0: <laughs> yes in Utah where they don't allow music um, we uh, uh, what was oh we, we actually did watch half of a movie uh, we watched half of uh, the Empire Strikes back okay um, projected onto the side of a canyon wall because Tim brought his projector uh, out uh, with him you know only the essentials uh, mm-hmm. camping with Tim is like going camping with, like, a dad that made sure he had everything that was possible. Like, he has, like, <laughs> a dual burner, like, Coleman thing that plugs in, and, <laughs> like, uh, and then he has the projector, so he can put, we can hook the laptop up and project either John Oliver on the side of my car, or, right. in this case, we had to watch something epic, so we watched uh, <laughs> The Empire Strikes Back on the side of a canyon wall in Utah, which was pretty amazing. Um, we had a great campsite, and he was, like, very excited to watch Star Wars. Um, nice I was actually enjoying it um I'd never I've never actually seen the whole thing I was enjoying it but You've it was never just getting,
1: seen Empire
0: no nah, but I was getting very tired Dude. so I had to go to sleep and I still never seen it because I uh you know got tired so I went to bed <laughs>
1: well you know I've, how it ends
0: yeah of course that's what I mean I feel that's why I, 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 that's part of the reason why I've never felt the need to actually watch it <laughs> because it's I was still like a I, good movie. I know everything yeah I mean I was enjoying it I, I would go back now that I've Gone and watched it. I think I've had too many preconceived notions about like the movies, or like just kind of in that like func- that that of uh, like mindset of I don't need to watch this, or I know all this stuff, whatever. whatever it was keeping me from watching it, I'm interested enough now that I kind of want to go back and watch the original trilogy altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll probably happen. Um, I uh, since I've never seen Jedi either, uh, I've seen the Ewok movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I but that was, was just b- Bat- Battle because Port my... door or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's just because like my grandmother had it on VHS when I was a kid, so we put it on.
1: Yeah, it used to come on the Disney Channel a bunch too,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is how I ended up seeing it. That was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. I didn't realize it was a Star Wars movie until like later. Yeah, I don't think I, I
0: didn't either. Um, also, I very much assume we'll be cutting a lot of this out, but um, as far as what I... Uh, what I actually wanted to say that I've been doing. Um, I the, the only thing I've actually watched is uh, the Jim Jeffries, the new Jim Jeffries special, which mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. you know expectedly Jim Jeffries, and it, it was actually pretty funny, not not too offensive, which I appreciated <laughs> uh, in in a good way. Like he he remained the him himself, but he didn't like go overboard just for the effect of being offensive. Right. Um, well, but, Jim
1: Jeffries is a good example of one of those comedians who. When he veers into offensive territory, he's always making a point.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Um, I feel like some of his specials went, like, a, a couple of his specials went uh, a little off the rails at times, but this one feels like a, a little bit of a, he's finding, like, new footing and, like, a new way to, to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, but that, other than that, I haven't watched much, but I, I have been, like, working on my the idea for the other podcast that I talked to you about. Yeah, oh, that's good finally uh, recorded an episode this morning with my friend Lauren
1: nice.
0: um, so we got got one and I, I think it went pretty well like it'll, it'll be like ours I'm sure where it'll take some time to iron out the details and get the format right but right. but uh, I'm liking the I'm liking the idea so that's that's nice. what I've been working on
1: now uh, just out of curiosity I, I feel like I just heard a very specific noise mm-hmm. did, did you just uh, open a thing of lip balm? no because I I feel like I heard that very specific pop and the only reason yeah. I asked is because I just did the very same thing what about this um, no that sounds like a pen on a desk
0: no that's a that's a plastic water bottle
1: man I suck at that radio call in game <laughs> I never figured yeah. that shit out
0: now I wonder what it was
1: right, well uh, I say we take a break and come back and talk about uh, Mr. Nobody all right, let's do it. Welcome back. Oh, <laughs> well, I was going to take a sip of water first, huh? Oh,
0: okay. Uh, I see.
1: That's okay. We're back. We're back. We're back. Um <laughs> And uh, we're here to talk about Mr. Nobody, or could have been titled "Do Accents Matter?" The motion picture.
0: <laughs> and uh, did that bother you? Portuguese people will tell you they do matter because they tell you when to stress the syllable.
1: No. Uh, okay. But... Oh, a
0: spoken accent. Sorry. Oh. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, the only. Like, I feel like the only time it really stuck out to me was when he was, like, waking up at the pool and talking to Gene. Okay. And he, like, suddenly had, like, a bit of a British accent. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, the whole movie, like, they kept floating back and forth between British and American accents. Even, like, Anna would go back and forth.
0: Right. And, um, I mean, I mildly attributed that to the, uh, like the nebulous nature of memory and time presented in this movie. Like, I don't know if it was just poorly done or if it was actually, you know, part of the, the intention behind, uh, like, like your memory is faulty or, um, this is not, you know, the, the actual surreal nature of the, the whole film.
1: Right. Well, I think we should say what this movie is about first, because guaranteed well, no one listens. We have like 10 to 14 steady listeners, mm-hmm. and I guarantee none of them have seen this movie.
0: <laughs> I know one person will have seen it when it, when they listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay. So, Lauren, let's talk about what this movie is about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Mr. Nobody, it it's... Got multiple storylines going on, but it's essentially about, in the future, the, the oldest man in the world, the last living mortal, because humanity has figured out mort- immortality, um, is being, A, hypnotized to try to remember his past, but also interviewed by uh, a reporter to just learn about what life was like before, like, immortality.
0: So let's, uh, when you describe it like that, that just makes me think of, it's the anti-Highlander. <laughs> Instead of, there can be only sure. one mortal, immortal, <laughs> there can be only one mortal. <laughs> yeah. um, Highlander. Yeah, that's, I,
1: I wasn't a big fan. I,
0: I'd never really watched it. My mom watched it, so I watched some of it. <laughs> but, like, I, I, so I know more than I should know.
1: Yeah, Well, but, uh, I never watched the show. Okay. Uh, but the movie was, it was okay. Yeah. Well,
0: but yeah. So the old, the old, the oldest man alive is he's what like 112 or something like that. I
1: think he's 118.
0: Oh, that's yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Twenty nine. I only know that because
1: because it's been like almost two weeks I think since I've watched it, so I had to had to look up the plot again today just to mm-hmm. refresh it. So yeah, uh, it's the oldest man in the world. But as he's telling the story of his life, he keeps giving like conflicting accounts of what happened because. Uh, part of the mythos of the movie is before you're born, children, like babies, have the memories of everything that's going to happen to them in their life. Right. But angels take that away right before they're born. But they accidentally skipped Nemo Nobody.
0: Right. And so he's... But, but Jared Leto still has the angel's touch on his lip.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was another weird thing, too. Um, <laughs> again, I think this movie... Seem like it had a big budget, but I think that was just smart filmmaking on their part. I think it was actually made with a relatively small budget, right. especially for the scope of the movie. Um,
0: so yeah, the yeah. So we remember, we we know everything that's going to happen in our in our future, but uh, it really plays with time here, where it, uh, it it brings up the fact that time is relative and time is not linear. Uh, it's just how, that's just how we perceive it. Uh, from our limited perspective and from our dimension, yeah. That time we... is a
1: flat circle. Everyone knows that.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, just like the Earth. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's definitely uh, a kind of a mind fuck movie in a certain way, where you're like trying to figure things out. But it really like it does kind of make sense uh, in in certain ways, where you if you think about it from the perspective of that flat circle, you know that time. You can jump to any point in time. We're just experiencing time in a linear fashion. But time can be jumped to from point to point. Mm
1: -hmm. And also, just because as we talk about it, it's going to get confusing because it is. and we are Um, confused. Part of the whole point of the movie is uh, Nemo is consistently presented with situations where he has to make big decisions in life. And rather than just make the one decision, we see sort of in a Gwyneth Paltrow sliding doors kind of way, we see like the the three different options he could take. We see them all play out throughout his life.
0: Right. So it's your um, fork in the road kind of thing. Like no matter what, any choice you make branches off another dimension kind of idea. It doesn't exactly follow those rules, but it is um, kind of along the same lines, at least.
1: There is no fork.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's a good callback.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Uh, where do we start with Mr. Nobody?
0: Yeah, and I and considering what you just said, I feel like um, this the format of this episode is going to be a little more of a jumping around, talking about scenes and talking about the overall more than like following the plot of the movie because yeah, it's you know, going to be
1: pretty freeform. I think it's
0: jumping. Yeah, it jumps around a lot. Um, but. Uh, before before we get into the substance of the movie, I want to mention the uh, visuals of the movie. I really mm-hmm. like some of the, the way the way some of this was shot, um, mm-hmm. especially in the in the toward the beginning where that in the mirror scene where the camera zooms in to his reflection and then continues following him as he turns around through the room. Um, I don't know if you remember that shot specifically. <laughs> I don't. Um, but yeah, so it was looking over his shoulder at him, looking at himself in the mirror, and then it zooms in on his face in the mirror. And then he turns around and walks back toward the room, and the camera follows him through that way. So it like we're in the mirror. It's, I, I did, it was just a really well done shot, and I appreciated that. Um, mm. the, and they had I, a similar. Go ahead. Uh,
1: no, I was just going to say, I felt like uh, visually this movie almost felt like Michelle Gondry uh, directed it a little bit. What did she do? He. <laughs> oh,
0: He's uh, just okay. French.
1: Uh, he did uh, Eternal Sunshine.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad. Well, that, that was going to be my next point. <laughs> that was gonna be, that was gonna be one of my first things I said that I'm getting a lot of Eternal Sunshine vibes. Um, but the other shot I was gonna mention was uh, the postcard where he's where it zooms out. He's in his room and he's looking out the window, and it zooms out from this to the city, and then it zooms out farther and farther. And then there's a postcard sitting on a desk in a room, and then somebody picks up the postcard and looks at it. Um, so I, they just had some really fun shots like that that I, I wanted. I felt like I should mention. Um, but I do totally agree with you. Uh, a lot, I, I almost felt like, as I was watching this, that we should have done like a Mister Nobody slash Eternal Sunshine because there's a lot of parallels.
1: <laughs> well, first, this movie's two and a half hours, so I don't know how long that episode would have been. <laughs> but <laughs> so when I first turned on the movie, I saw the time code and I was like, two and a half hours. Why are we watching? <laughs> like the world's longest movies for this podcast. I
0: don't know. I do. I but, do always think it's funny. Like I mean, I guess I think I've gotten used to what. Like I've been always been a fan of long movies. Uh, like Fight Club's long. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I I like long movies too, and I mean Fight Club is longer than I always remember it being. Me too. Same. It's like two hours and twenty minutes, but it feels like it's like an hour and a half. That movie goes by so quickly.
0: It only felt long the time that I saw it in salt lake city in the theater and i was already a bit drunk and i was like i was insistent that we stay and finish the movie even though i was like ready to go to sleep right. <laughs> like how much longer is this but yeah i got a, uh, I got a lot of eternal sunshine's vibes i got fight club vibes as well in certain parts like especially theme wise like thinking about the meaning of life and stuff um mm-hmm. and of course the pixie song yes
1: Actually, when they got to the Pixie song, it was halfway through the movie. But as soon as it started playing, I was like, oh, man, is the movie over already?
0: <laughs> yeah, the build- is the time for the buildings to start blowing up already? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, it's the last shot of Fight Club already? <laughs> at-, at some point, s- since I realized that, uh, or at least I thought, I, it seemed that uh, visually they were doing as much as they could with a budget. Mm-hmm. With, with the songs that were playing, I was like, how much of this movie's budget was spent <laughs> on the soundtrack? Because yep. almost every song that plays is like a big popular song, at least popular enough that, that the song is going to be expensive for them to get the rights to. And yeah. like, Interestingly
0: enough, no 30 Seconds to Mars.
1: <laughs> well, they can <laughs> afford that. you know? <laughs> um, Like even The Adventures of Pete and Pete at one point wanted to get a Pixie song and it was just too expensive. They couldn't afford it. So, this movie I mean, it's a European production, so the budget's not going to be that huge to begin with, mm-hmm. at least compared to American budgets. But I was like, man, how? Like, were the songs that important to the movie that they needed to spend that much of their budget on it? I'm sure the person picking the, sure, the songs. But...
0: Yeah, would I, <laughs> would think yes. Um, and um, I don't know if you've gotten there yet in the Scrubs podcast, but they've talked about they talk about quite a few times that the songs that were carefully chosen for the episodes are not in the episodes now, and Zach is very uh, yeah not happy about that.
1: Well, I mean, we knew that already, but also no, I know. Yes, I've I mean, gotten to that in the podcast.
0: Yeah, but Zach brings um, it up often because he's like, "Oh, I felt like that. Whatever this 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 exact song was like the perfect song for that scene, and now that they've changed it for for streaming, it just doesn't have that same effect."
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's just because of the time Scrubs came out. Like, it came out at the exact wrong time to oh, I can, like, pick I the totally, song, uh, uh, and then have to have it for streaming.
0: I understand the reasoning behind it, but I'm <laughs> but I don't think that that does not take away from the point that I'm making that. It's, you know, if if you have a perfect song in your mind and that song stays with you first. Like, imagine Fight Club ending with some generic song and not that Pixie song.
1: No, I I understand. But I will say this. Having watched Scrubs a bunch on streaming, even with the different songs, it's still a great show. Like, I think those songs are only important if your memory is completely linked to that moment with that song.
0: Yeah, and a lot of mine are like yeah, with that with that show. I mean, I'm sure there's. I'm sure. I'm sure I know you the like Foo the food fighters, Foo fighters one, yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, um, but like yeah, that's very noticeable. Like it just doesn't make sense without that song. <laughs>
1: I disagree. Like I didn't even notice, man. But yeah. again, w- when that song means a lot to you in that moment, of course you're going to notice it's missing.
0: Of course. Um, but anyway, in this, so this in this movie. Um, outside of the music uh, there was just a lot of a lot of big themes being thrown around um, and in the beginning like it starts off with like you don't know what's happening um, between the the angel thing and then like the him saying like, the pigeon in the begin- the very beginning and him saying like what did i do to deserve this like yeah. what whatever i did made this happen like that it's a, it's a nice little little bit of foreshadowing
1: yeah um, um, i mean it's it's a lot of foreshadowing but
0: yeah <laughs> I, at
1: first <laughs> sure. i thought For some reason, I thought the pigeon was a chicken, so I started typing up something about a chicken. Yeah. And so one of my first notes I wrote down, it just says, chicken is a pigeon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, well, that's the name of the episode. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Chicken is a pigeon. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But they, they get into, like, all that stuff about, like... You, you can. I can see your eyes. I know they're real. Like I can see you, but I can't see myself. Um, and like he's looking at a shadow, which made me think of the cave, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like what, what is reality? Is reality the shadows on the wall, or is reality what's happening to cast the shadows and that you don't know about? Like, so then, then we, then we zoom out and we actually start talking about when he says, "Why am I me and not somebody else?" Right. Uh, and then you start actually diving into confusing bits of the movie.
1: I like that you talk about how confusing the opening is, and then you say, and then we dive into the confusing part of the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, there's a lot of, uh, just a little bit of uh, hinting exposition there, and then you get into the confusing time portion of the movie, I suppose.
1: Um, One thing uh, I liked about the beginning is it, it shows that since babies are aware of everything going on at first, they get to choose their parents.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought that was interesting as well.
1: And uh, that whole sequence, do, do you remember the beginning of the movie Idiocracy? Have you ever seen it? Mm-hmm. How it's showing, like, what rich parents are like versus what, like, poor right. parents are like. Yeah. And it, it felt like almost the same exact sequence of, like, the the rich parents being like, oh, well, we don't even want kids right now because we have so much going on and we, yeah. you know, we can't do this. We, we want to choose the right time. And then, the poor parents being like, we have no choice. (laughs) There's nothing we can do. (laughs) Like if we're going to have a baby, we're going to have a baby. Um, Yeah. But it just, it's even shot the same way as the beginning of Idiocracy. Yeah. As far, I mean, as far as I can remember, like the shots of, of the parents Mm talking. I've only seen that movie once, like 15 years ago. So it's hard to say. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it too. (laughs) But also in the very beginning, so I'm not a big Jared Leto fan, Mm -hmm. but as the movie progressed, Hey, hey, I liked him in this, because yeah. he didn't go crazy at any point. But yeah. also, um, it started feeling less like a Jared Leto movie and more like a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Uh,
0: is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I And I kind of wish Jake Gyllenhaal was in it.
1: <laughs> me too. But as, as it went on, I thought, you know, it, it doesn't matter because Jared Leto is actually doing well in this. So I agree. It's, I, it's I felt fine. like
0: this movie almost made me a Jared Leto fan. and then I, Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> I would like to see more moves like this with him in it.
1: Me too. Less Joker, less, yeah. less anything where he had to destroy his body or like anytime Jake, or Jake Gyllenhaal, anytime Jared Leto feels the need to like fully inhabit a character in, in some strange way. Mm-hmm. I don't like him.
0: Yeah. I hear when you.
1: Jake Gyllenhaal does it, I love him. Nightcrawler. Yeah. Christian Bale. <laughs> Christian Bale too. Yeah. Um, but there's just know, there's just something about Jared Leto I don't like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could never, I can't, I can say I've never been like a proper fan of his, but uh, the, but this movie makes me uh, curious about some of his roles I haven't seen.
1: I like him in Fight Club, but sure.
0: But that's just because that's just because I like Fight
1: Club. <laughs> me too. Uh, um, but, and again, he's, he gets so little screen time in Fight Club.
0: Yeah. Um, I thought one of the things that when they talk about everybody like knowing the future and the, and the, uh, Nemo knowing the future, I like that uh, his dad is a weatherman who can't predict the weather.
1: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I didn't put that together. <laughs>
0: Yeah, as soon as he was walking around and it was raining and everybody was, like, packing up their picnics and being mad at him, I was like, oh, so his dad can't predict predict the future, but he can. Yeah, that was (laughs) such
1: a great, like, small comedy set piece.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There Um, were a lot of, like, little throwaway scenes in this one that I felt like was just, like, a little bit of a vanity scene.
1: (laughs) There was something that happened early in the movie. Um, Oh, uh, when he's giving as the child narrator because – the narrator keeps switching ages, too, in the movie. Right. Um, but when he's a child narrating something, he says, like, he's talking about the parents, and then he says, then the daddy and the mummy kissed all day long. Right. But you're watching the parents fight?
0: Fight, yeah.
1: So, you like, you get the sense early on that he's, like, replacing memories he doesn't like with memories that he does like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what, I, I didn't I didn't actually I didn't think that one but that's a good that's a good way to look at that. I didn't think of that.
1: Yeah. Well I think the only reason I kind of cued into that is because they had already been talking about like memories thematically since he was, <clears throat> you know, the the oldest mortal talking about previous life. Right. I don't I don't think that plays out as much throughout the rest of the movie, but the rest of the movie is still very much about making decisions you don't like and then making other decisions.
0: Yeah, this movie is heavy heavy on symbolism as well. Like, there's mirrors all over the place. Like, at the mirrors are used constantly um, to whether it's, like, things are going backwards or, like, whether you want to look at it as, like, you're reflecting on something. Or or uh, how, how did you interpret the mirrors?
1: Um, Got to be honest, did not think much about the mirror uh symbolism. I okay. I, don't I mean, think I that, picked that, up on that it.
0: that's fine. I mean it it's it could be it could just be very simple symbolism, but you know, but there are mirrors all over the place between him like looking at stuff, having to look at those uh, the words that were written backwards in the mirror or the mm-hmm. shot like I said where you're going through the mirror um, that in itself could just be like you're looking going into the looking glass kind of thing. Um, and yeah, there are just mirrors all over the place and then there was the um, the leaf that blows around to kind of like symbolize that like butterfly effect thing where a single, uh, a single flap of a butterfly's wing can change, uh, you know, can cause a hurricane on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. or in this case, a guy making uh, uh, an egg who was unemployed in Brazil can <laughs> can cause a, a rainstorm in uh, North America that obscures the phone number that he got from 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 Elise.
1: Yeah. it was uh, Anna.
0: Oh, it was Anna. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm mixing oh, up okay. their names.
1: Yeah, the um. You're probably right about the uh, mirror symbolism, though. I, I say see that because there's there's not much subtlety. Yeah, <laughs> when it comes no. to this movie, <laughs> it's like it's all very overt in in the themes that it's dealing with, with memory and, like you said, reflection. Um, even even that leaf. Uh, so, in lots of the possible timelines that play out, uh, it ends with Nemo dying, and. Mm-hmm. That that leaf causes, I think, several of them.
0: Yeah, the one where he hit, he hit the, the, the bike hit it. I think right. The bike and then hit one, it. Like I think the, the car hit the it. The car
1: hits it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, almost every one of his deaths involves water in one way yeah. or another. Yeah, water is
0: um, water is another big one that's that's throughout the entire movie. He has this like fear of water, like the drowning.
1: Yeah. Well, I just I thought it was interesting because water. Most scientists will agree is like the basis for life, hmm. but this movie is all about how like moving forward through time causes uh, decay. And right. so even though water is is what makes life possible, at least, you know, on earth, it, it's also, it's very erosive, corrosive, like it, mm-hmm. it destroys things. And now I forget what I was going to say.
0: <laughs> what were you going to say? You know where they found water? Mars.
1: <laughs> uh i was not gonna say that but i i forgot there was this whole other storyline going on where they where they make it to mars but yeah oh, I, I, i'm just you know it, it gives life and it also destroys so yeah
0: yeah i mean i mean look at i mean where i am right now like the, the slot canyons here like you can see see how water formed these areas like it, it's a desert you know there's no water But then you go to these slot canyons that were formed by... You can tell they were formed by water. And if you're in there when there's water, it can, you know, wash you away and kill you. Like, it can either be... It's something you need for life, and it's something that can easily take your
1: life.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you're right about the overt uh, nature of a lot of the themes in the movie, but uh, it didn't feel heavy-handed. And I think that's because uh, you kind of need those, like touchstone through lines to give you like to kind of guide you through the more uh kind of difficult time warp kind of things that you're kind of bouncing back and forth between ideas while you're figuring it out at least you have something to kind of hold on to and tell you what they're doing
1: Mm -hmm. well uh, i also felt that the like overt symbolism part of the reason it doesn't feel as heavy-handed is because like if if the emotional part of the story was also extremely heavy-handed, then it all would have felt like too much. Right. But but the emotions are handled in like a really realistic way. Mm-hmm. So so like the um, like they just play off of each other well enough that they they don't really subvert each other. But it's kind of like a, a yin and yang thing where one gets played up a lot and one gets kind of. Not really downplayed, but it's just kind of downplayed in a, a more realistic way.
0: Right. And I mean, and you were talking about entropy and decay and uh, like time's arrow going only in one direction. And that's like based on our perception of the whole thing, um, which is really interesting the way that they they play with that. And then they kind of talk about, um, like, to, correct me if I'm wrong about the names, is it, it's a lease that is kind of like breaking down with depression? Yes. Okay, so when Elise Elise kind of is like she's kind of locking herself in her room and just like not like just completely obviously very depressed, um, mm-hmm. not being able to come out with her kids, and then being having that kind of like manic episode where she comes out and like dances with the kids and ends up being kind of a, a, a nice scene, um, but like it, this it, it, the thing that interests me that it, it with that is that the whole thing kind of could have an overarching theme of mental illness and. The way that Jared Leto's character in different times is, uh, like, kind of, he's kind of a vagrant. And then he's kind of, like, clearly, like, there's people coming out and saying, Are you okay? Do you know who I am? You're in a mental institution. There's a lot of, like, uh, psychological uh, bits coming through this movie where uh, you wonder if people who are seeing the future are, you know, really seeing it. Like, did the aged angel really miss him? Or is he actually just crazy, you know? Right.
1: It's funny that you say that that party scene ends up being a nice scene because I feel like it it would be a nice scene if if we didn't know that she was going through like a manic or depressive episode at that moment. So it's it's like a nice scene, but even like if you watch the daughter in that scene, she has that face of a little bit of like what's going on.
0: Yeah. Well, it seemed like by the end of it, everybody had kind of, you know, like she, it, it didn't turn into like her like freaking out and like yeah. land, sitting in the corner like it and like everybody and did end up having fun so yeah in that like, case it ended up being okay
1: <laughs> yeah the daughter does come around but I, I feel like jared leto nemo does continue like throughout that scene that sequence to look at her and kind of be like i know you're you're not okay and right is just kind of quizzically trying to figure out what's going on inside of her yeah it is interesting that we find out that I, because I think it's later in the movie that we find out the real reason that she's depressed is because he, as as a fifteen-year-old, made the decision to pursue her even though he knew she was in love with somebody else, and so ends up somewhat coercing her into you know dating him and then marrying him and, and all of this, but because that decision caused her to not pursue the person that she was in love with. Right. Um, she ends up living this life where she's like, this isn't the life I ever wanted. And now it's too late for me to feel like I can do anything about it. Uh, right. So you just um, watch her kind of mentally break down. It's also interesting to me that in the timeline with Gene, where he marries Gene, he's the one going through all of the depression
0: right. and,
1: and trying to figure out, like who he really is and, and what we he should could have, have done picks. differently.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I didn't pick up on that as heavily, but when she was saying, like, she was up there in the, in the bedroom when they were talking and he, she was saying like, life life is passing me by, like, why am I with you? Life is passing me by. Um, she's like just regretting the choices that she has made or that, that you know, that he kind of coerced her into making or whatever. But like, I feel like everybody has those <laughs> feelings at times where it's like, oh, has life passed me by? But like, then you kind of have to step back and go like, well, this time that feels like it's passing me by, this is life. Like, you have to decide at that in that moment to take, you know, to take a step toward what you want, like, not regret the things mm-hmm. that you didn't do. Um, yeah, man. Not to get too too deep into what the the, the meaning of the movie is, the lessons yeah. are yet. Yeah. But um,
1: yeah, I was gonna say, well, we could talk about that a bit in uh, in the lessons.
0: Yeah, the only thing I the, the only other thing I wanted to say about the mental illness like to point out was that there are a lot of things where it's like ju- messages he's seeing messages in ticker tapes in the you know in the in the skyline and seeing like uh, opening a uh, fortune cookie and seeing a message that's directed to him mm-hmm. which all feels very much like kind of stereotypical mental illness type things people seeing uh having delusions and seeing uh messages in things where there aren't really any.
1: Mhm. Is that all you were going to say about mental illness? Yeah, that was just kind of okay. uh, that,
0: that. was the last uh, note I had about the mental illness to, yeah. to kind of wrap that up.
1: Um, I do want to say so. At about probably a little before the halfway point, uh, when it showed all the sequences of him marrying all the three w- women in the three mm-hmm. possible timelines, uh, I, I made a note that says, uh, "I've had to actively choose to go along with this ride." As I don't quite know what I'm watching, and I feel like I'm watching (laughs) fake fake memories that don't quite affect the outcome. Right. So, because it was all about choice and like him being able to see the possibilities of those choices and then make decisions based on what he knows will happen, like Mm -hmm. I was, I hate, can't say I hate because I'm sure that there are examples that I like, but I generally dislike movies where it ends up all playing out in someone's head. Yeah. And then, you know, you call pull back to when they're about to make the decision and you feel like nothing's actually played out. So uh, I feel like nothing's actually happened. Uh, right. In this case, well, let's talk about the ending for a second.
0: Well, I mean, he says (laughs) all this is taking place in the head of a nine-year-old boy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so when he's nine, Nemo has to make the choice whether to stay, uh, because his parents get divorced, so he has to make the decision whether to stay with his mom or stay with his dad. And it happens very early on in the movie, and it's the first big decision he has to make where he starts seeing the different outcomes of, of what his life might be like. But, so I'm willing to accept that personally if we're actually watching him see different outcomes and then make actual decisions based on that. Right. Because if, if he knows all of the, if he knows all of the different outcomes, then those are the way those things would actually play out. And he's actually like experiencing the emotion of it and, and the drama of it. Like even if it's not happening in real time, it's essentially really happening to him. Right. Right. I, like, I hate when stories do that, and then you find out it didn't actually happen, and it's all just imagination. Right. Yeah. So
0: the, I mean, with this one, it's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what the whole movie is. I mean, that that's the the, the basis of the whole thing, is that there are branches that could be taken up. But I, I know what you're saying, like, t- yeah. bring bring us back to the reality and show us what choice was actually made based on that.
1: Yeah. So, um, like, a 118-year-old Nemo says it's all happening in the imagination of a nine-year-old. And because he used the word imagination, I start thinking, well, does that mean that the whole stuff about angels taking away your memory of everything that will happen to you? Like, was that also in his imagination? Is that just his way of trying to decide? Right. And I'm I'm choosing to believe no, just because, again, that ruins the enjoyment of watching the story unfold for me. Right. but I guess it, it doesn't actually tell you for sure either way so you get to decide I decide yeah. this
0: well um, and there you go you you get to you made a choice uh, yes. unlike nemo <laughs> who, who says if you don't make a choice all things are like everything remains possible
1: yes uh, which I mean I, I can be very indecisive so I understand <laughs> well but
0: if, don't 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 worry whatever you choose they'll be out of it
1: yeah uh, well yes <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my superpower when that's, I go to, people listening don't know uh, <laughs> if, if I go to a restaurant or really anywhere that serves food as soon as I latch onto something I really want and order it they've either just sold the last one or the, the menu's wrong and they don't offer it that night they're, they're <laughs> so often out of the thing that I really want and yeah. it destroys me Don Don Every has time. Don has uh, a couple times gotten upset when I said what I wanted because that's what he wanted, <laughs> and he doesn't want them to be out of it.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, it's happened too many times. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so the, he gets to the one point where he says, "I'm gonna like I'm gonna I leave nothing to chance." So he starts flipping the coin. He starts making the the the, the actual actual choices. Um. And then, right, like, well
1: but he's not making the decision, right? He gets well, the coin. Right. He makes the coin to to make the decisions for him. So he doesn't right. have to decide. And so that's he's not how making he ends up a, getting shot in the fucking head.
0: Right. But well, he's not making the choice, but he is choosing. Like he is doing something to pick a path instead of just letting it happen to him. Yes. Um, um otherwise, scene scene-wise, uh, I I mentioned like some of the scenes I liked, like the visuals I liked. Some of the like this uh, surrealist things I really liked in this movie, like the um, the bikes in space, like floating through through space, and uh, they were like dropping those bits of the ocean, like they were putting the ocean together almost. They were putting those uh, cubes of ocean into the water, and they, there was a scene where he was looking out the window and the road. They were rolling the roads, yeah. Out. It was almost like Truman Show esque.
1: Oh yeah, I remember the roads being rolled up, but they were being rolled up. It, it, like it was going backwards almost.
0: Right, oh, I think it, I think they did. I think they showed it both ways. Like it was originally rolling out, and then he looked back, and it was rolling the other way.
1: Oh, uh, I, I don't remember it being rolled out, <clears throat> but um, that's that's just my memory. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> um, but I found that really interesting. Like the ch- the choice to kind of depict things in kind of like a surrealist way, because like mm-hmm. surrealism was always just about like it was meant to be about like contradictions and like unlocking your actual unconscious through surreal, um, visual, um, visual cues, um, like letting, letting those things out to unlock what's real inside your unconscious. Mm-hmm. So choosing to do things that had a very like Dolly, surrealist bent to it, like Dadaist almost, um, just like was, was a, a good choice in my opinion. And, you know, it's a, uh, it's a European, is it a friend is a French film, right?
1: I believe that it was written and directed by a, a French person. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was produced in France or England. It was definitely produced in Europe somewhere. Yeah, I just don't know if that was like France or, or England, because there are a lot of English actors in here too. Yeah, I
0: think I think that I thought when they zoomed out it was London, but I could be wrong. I didn't see some of the specific buildings I would recognize in London, but
1: yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it definitely, his, his youth definitely takes place in, in England, unless right. he goes to live with his mom in Canada,
0: <laughs> Montreal,
1: uh, I'm not could, sure which city it is, but
0: yeah, um, could still be French. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's, I, 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 I enjoyed the, the fact that they chose to use, uh, like some surrealist imagery in here.
1: I I have to be honest. I don't know that much about um, like fine art, despite going to an art school and mm-hmm. and having to take uh, two semesters of intro to modernism. Yeah. I just I couldn't get into it.
0: Gotcha. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, went, I I my my uh, college time was much more visual art based. Like that. I I, yes. I have a minor in art history, so I've <laughs> I've been studying it for a while. So I picked up on a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, yeah, suffice, I just, to, suffice I, to say, it was it was well it was well used.
1: Yeah, I like I speed through uh, museums, man. Like I enjoy oh, okay. I enjoy looking at the paintings, but I yeah. don't I don't get anything really out of soaking them in. Like I no. look and then I move to the next one. Mm-hmm.
0: I was and you know I, I used to feel that way um, until I started studying art, and then like the more like the more I knew about it, the more I was able to appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. So. I like I spend a lot of time reading the cards at the at museums because the more I know about something the more I can step back and actually like appreciate why they made certain choices um but that's just
1: me bully for you (laughs) (laughs) Um, no that's cool uh I wish I would like to know more about art but it's mm -hmm. like my heart's not in it so anytime I try to learn anything it just it doesn't stick and I start getting bored and well, it's, we're learning it's, about it's just we're learning real. about art right now. <laughs> it's it's not going to stick.
0: Yeah, um, the the only other thing I have here is uh, that they said it twice, um, but when one of the women asks, "Do you love me?" and he says, "I couldn't live without you," like that, not I mean, it's shown here, but I mean, it's like it's clearly untrue. Like he says mm-hmm. it to, I think he says it to Elise and. Gene, but it turns out that like, Anna is the one that he actually is. Uh, yeah, wants to be with. But um, I think that that was an interesting one too because I feel like that's a key to like most people's illusion of choice, like deciding that you chose the person that you're with. Mm-hmm. But you know, we all know in the back of our heads that you, if that person wasn't there. We would find we find a way to go on. Like we we both lost people. We know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. whether it's r- romantic or friendship or whatever, through through life or death or whatever, you lose people that you feel like you never could live without, and then you find a way to go on. Like that's just how it is. Um,
1: yeah. So actually, I, I I don't like knowing that. Like it's, it's nor do it, I. It can be comforting in, in some. It's only comforting to know that when you're going through a tough time with that specific situation but yeah. any other time I'm like I don't I don't want to think about being happy in another situation you know
0: yeah well I mean see, so you're in a good situation you're, with, <laughs> you're, with, you're, you're you're with Alex and you have a good situation you don't want to think yeah. about that um, I'm in a good but complicated situation <laughs> but uh, when uh, we me, me and Maya have had to have several conversations about well do we think do we want to stick with this do we think it's worth it we haven't seen each other for however long we don't know when we're gonna see each other Um and Maya's very very straightforward about it. She actually said something almost exactly like what I just said. She said, "Well, uh, I I love you, and I hope we stay together. But if we don't, I'll move on. I'll find somebody else." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I mean, I know that's true, but you don't have to say it so straightforward like that. Uh, very cold. Some cold shit." <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, back. Uh, wrong movie. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah. So I mean, it is uh, it's something we all know, but don't want to deal with but it really uh it it really does play well in this movie.
1: Yeah. I it's like I want to say all right, now we can take a break and talk about lessons, but it's just and I think we're going to do that, but I just want to say I feel like it's impossible to cover this movie even in the time it takes to watch this movie. <laughs> Because yeah. there's just so, it's so dense, again, with its themes and its symbolism. And it's because the narrative is so, like, intricately woven between all these different timelines. Like, it, it needs to be really pulled apart in order to really be talked about in, in the most significant ways. And, I mean, we don't have time to do that here, but... Right. No, I understand. <laughs> no matter what... So, listeners, no matter what you think of the movie from the way we've talked about it, we, we just there's no way to talk about it, A, in a way that isn't confusing unless you've seen the movie, and B, there's just no way to talk about it in the time here that actually does the movie itself any real justice.
0: Right, yeah. You just have to, I mean, like most things, like it's nice, it's nice to talk about it, but it's better to talk about it after you've watched it. Don't <laughs> don't take our word for it.
1: Yeah. Oh, and just one last thing. When I said uh, I felt like it was made uh, by Michelle Gondry, my, my entire thought was that, it feels like it was written by Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Directed by Michel Gondry and starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Like <laughs> that's what yeah. the movie feels like.
0: I totally totally agree with that. And I am I, I am interested in seeing other films by this director now too.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think he has that many. And by the way, I don't know if I looked at the the trivia afterward mm-hmm. and he's the guy he, like he plays uh, the guy in South America who makes his. Oh, eggs. yeah, yeah.
0: The head guy, yeah. Ya- yeah. Jakob van Dormel. Sure. I'm sure I'm butchering that name.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you <laughs> attempted it. All right. So let's take a break and uh, we'll come back and talk about some lessons. Anyway, I guess we're back from break now. Yeah, I think we're back. <laughs> All right, Where did uh, we go? Lessons. I feel like there's a lot. I d I didn't actually note many down. Um just because I don't know. I kind of wanted to talk it out first. Yeah. With with a movie like this. I have a but, lot of
0: notes, um, but I you uh, know, that I, I try to separate them from plot versus lessons the best I yeah. could.
1: I uh I, I Tend to put the lessons in in bold,
0: <laughs> okay.
1: In my notes, um. But what there was one I already forget. I'm sorry. There was one that you were talking about before, and you said, "Oh, we'll we'll get back to this."
0: Oh, I was saying what where she's where she said life is passing me by, and oh yes, I was like that. You know, you have to decide. You have to just realize that this what you think is your life passing you by is your life. Then um, you have to kind of make. Decisions to go, you know, to, to, to take steps toward what you actually want and not just live in your regret or wishing that something else was different. If you want something to be different, you have to change something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the famous John Lennon quote, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Right. <laughs> which is almost what the movie is about. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, if you look like if you feel like you're told to make that change, like no matter what it is you want to do. Almost no matter what it is you want to do. Like you can look and find examples of people who have made that decision at like 50 or older. Mm -hmm. And I've just like, I you know, I've obviously, like I studied writing. I've read a lot about uh, different writers and things, especially screenwriters. And I've come across so many stories where it's like people have had entire careers and then have just said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And just stopped and, and started writing of course it's easier to do when the career you've had has let you have enough money to take time off right to start something like writing but i mean it's possible
0: yeah for sure um uh, the whole movie is basically memento mori like you just remember we have to die like we all die we're all human mm-hmm. um and like a bit of a fear of getting old in certain ways um like uh, I, I put that along with the life is passing me by thing. Like we, yeah. we, we we start to realize that we're getting to an age where like everything and also everything in this movie looks back to either his childhood or his like twenties and thirties ish. Mm-hmm. Like there's a big gap between the, the, the you know the, the oldest he is in the, in, the fla- in the flashbacks. Yeah, thirty five and one hundred eighteen. Yeah. 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 And yeah that, so there's like, well, what what hap- what is the rest of life? What is what is all this other stuff? Like, there's definitely a fear of getting old and a choice to not look at that time period.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, 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 fear of getting old is, is the fear of not doing everything you want to do, right?
0: Right. Or not being able to.
1: It's like sometimes I just, I have a problem even just going to bed. Cause I feel like there was something else I wanted to do before I got into bed. Yeah. you know, Trust
0: me. That's how today felt for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, and I mean, it's just a lifetime of that,
0: yeah, and I mean that, but but and I mean, I'd rather be that than the resigned, depressed. I don't care about anything. Nothing I do makes me happy. That I mean, I, I've felt that before for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'd, I'd much rather be the. I had so much to do. I did so much, and I still didn't get to everything I wanted. I'd rather be like kind of busy than re, you know just not wanting to participate in life.
1: Sure. Although, i mean it's only fulfilling when you're busy doing the things you want to do right so like most there's a most lot, of the time there's a lot about life i feel like for a lot if not most people where they're busy but they feel like they're not enjoying the things that they're they're busy doing and that it's keeping no, you're right them from from doing the thing that they do want to do definitely which is the same problem now yeah. i've spent all this time doing this when i really wanted to do that and i'm getting right. older um
0: no, that's life passing you by. <laughs> which is,
1: which, yeah, which is really, I mean, what the other two wives uh, in the movie were, right? So yeah. it was um, these other two possibilities of his life where he, he wasn't fulfilled in one way or another, either because he had a wife who loved someone else or because he had a wife uh, who he didn't love. Mm-hmm.
0: I got to say, I'm glad, based on the way you just said that, I'm glad that um, uh, Elise had that moment where she was able to say, you've kind of taken my my destiny from me, like you've taken what should have been my life from me. Because when you say, when you talk about Gene and Elise as like choices it's like well women are just there for a man to choose <laughs> like that's kind of what it sounded like yeah. <laughs> but, well um, um, yeah. maybe i'm just like too maybe my my antenna are up too much about that kind of stuff at the moment just because i've been talking about it a lot but that's what i heard and i was like well i'm glad that they included the fact that at least was able to say you took something from me
1: yeah well and not that she was just a woman there for him to choose in in the big sense but mm-hmm. i mean he did knowingly take her away from something that would uh, make her happy. Right. The the whole uh, Elise storyline I felt like showed like if you could actually see and know all of the outcomes of the of the decisions you were making, then all of your decisions uh, would be probably the, the most selfish decision. You could make in in every moment, right? Right. Yeah. Um. Because you're you're going to be making those decisions that that you think, uh, that you know are going to lead to a, a place where you want to be. Um, yeah. So I so I felt like Elise was him t- doing, or, or making the the most selfish decisions.
0: That's a good way to look at that storyline. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. But I also felt like. So, I just want to throw it out there. At some point in the movie, I felt like the only reason, like, the part that takes place in the future when he's 118, when they've basically invented immortality, I realized, oh, of course he's the last one who hasn't gotten, like, the surgery or whatever to become immortal because he doesn't need it, because he can always just make the decisions that let him live the longest, and he ends up living this incredibly, because it's not full- immortality that they get it's just near immortality mm-hmm. so he still gets to knowledgeably make the decisions that let him live the longest fullest life
0: I think and I mean I think the whole the whole movie is a, a, a bit of a the thing that we all do where we think back on things that we could have done differently and then mm-hmm. you get to think well maybe it could have gone this way and you can play it out in your head um, so it's like a very obvious uh, it,
1: it's like the wish fulfillment version of that right
0: Yeah, and life moves pretty fast.
1: If you don't stop and look (laughs) around once in a while, you can miss it.
0: Yeah, so like, and I I feel like this this highlights that holding on to those choices you make when you're young is a bit stubborn, like kind of unwise in certain ways. Where you're, he's he's making decisions for his older self, Mm -hmm. and I felt the like the flash from young to old versions of both. uh, Nemo and the, the women were very stark. Like you kind of, you see them go from like this kind of carefree teenager to a depressed, you know, middle-aged woman crying in their bedroom. Like it's, you really kind of see like the weight of life and like the weight of things that have happened and looking back, what looking back on what could have been really can, can do to you when you get older and really kind of see mm-hmm. kind of some of the light drain from their eyes in that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, going back to like say anything in, in high fidelity. If you if you don't if you don't learn to let go, then life just becomes kind of a, a miserable mess after a certain point. Yeah, I do like so. A I want to say the the whole movie is about making decisions, but ultimately, not deciding is the same as making a decision.
0: So illusion of choice.
1: <laughs> yeah, because if you don't decide, something's That's going to happen anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you might as well choose one.
0: Yeah, I forget there was a there was a, a quote from The Sopranos. It, it might have been a it might have been taken from somewhere else, but it was something along the lines of um, sometimes any decision is better than no decision, like something to, something to that effect. And yeah. I always think about that because I mean it's very true. Like if you don't make a decision, it's going to make it for itself.
1: There is this quote uh, towards the end of the the movie where. You know, the the guy who's interviewing the the elder, Nemo, is like, you you know, you can't have done all of these things all at the same time, you know? Which one one was, like, the, the right one? Which, you know, which decision did you actually make that was right? And Nemo says, each of these lives is the right one. Each of these paths is the right path. So, and I just take that to kind of mean no matter what you choose, it's still your life. Yeah. Um, and it's still, you know, let me change the stress of that. Right. No matter what you choose, it's still your life. Right. So, just make the best of it. Um, yeah. Even if you make the wrong decision, mm-hmm. you can still fix it and, and you can still choose, uh, why can't you just decide to be happy <laughs> and be happy?
0: Yes, yeah, so I was going to relate something to Say Anything in High Fidelity as well. As as, like, <laughs> Part of this, like, just, like, you can trace anything you think, why did this happen? You can trace anything back and find some random moment where you feel like, well, if I had done this differently, then that wouldn't have happened, right? But then something else that you might not, might not, like, might have happened. You have to take the good with the bad and, like, just kind of accept how things, things are, everything that happened led you to where you are now, so look for the good in where you are now and then uh, just kind of accept that.
1: And you'll drive your uh, you'll drive yourself crazy, trying to figure out what you could have done differently. Yeah. Um, because you can't go back and and do it differently. And the more you start thinking about what you could have changed, the more you're gonna spend, kind of living in the past and or letting life pass you by. <laughs> yeah, and just living in in the depression and sadness of knowing that at this moment I didn't do this, and it just. Like you said, everything else around you gets faded in those moments. Right. Uh, all, all you can do is decide today: I'm happy, and yep. I'm going to make a decision that makes me happy.
0: Because, because trust me, the the time that you spend wondering why you didn't something or living in the past, in the future, you're going to regret that time you spent <laughs> living in the past and not doing something to better your present and thereby your future.
1: Yes, uh, like you know how. When people start getting our age, they start looking back at like the way they looked 15, 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. and they're like, man, I felt this way about the way I looked. I (laughs) thought I could have been cuter. I thought I could have been thinner. And then you look back at those pictures, and you're like, man, I looked way better than I thought. Why did I I spend so much time worrying about that then? I was much skinnier than I thought I was. (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then you start feeling stupid because then you start living those moments again, and you start feeling stupid about it. And then, yeah. but now you're just doing the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> like you're you're living in the past.
0: Yeah, even now, probably should have uh, no not worry so much. Also, I yes. mean, uh, a lot of that stuff comes down to nobody else cares. Everybody else is having these same thoughts. That's why this resonates yes. with people. Like nobody gives a shit what you look like. Like it's all in passing. They're they're more worried about what they look like than what you do. So. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, but uh, it's unfortunate that it takes so long to learn those lessons.
1: Yeah. And I mean, not to say that there's no one who cares what you look like or the way you sound or anything like that, but just, yeah. just who cares?
0: Yeah, but you're, you're better <laughs> off being confident in yourself and being okay with yourself than you would be like sitting out something because you feel weird about the way you look. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the, uh, the quote I thought you were going to say is when he was talking at toward the end, he says, life is a playground or nothing and i really like that that's like you know that there there are no there are no points you have to live you know live your life and enjoy each moment and take it as it comes kind of thing uh, yeah. i i really like that quote
1: actually I, I don't remember that but uh, i like that uh, a playground or nothing so what i'm yeah. picturing right now is like sitting in a sandbox for 2 hours and not being able to decide what to build <laughs> and then you know, your mom comes and gets you and picks you up, and you haven't done anything in the sandbox, but it, it's just mm-hmm. a fucking sandbox. Just yeah. have fun. Just play. Just yeah. Play. Yeah. <laughs> if because if because if you don't play, then like you said, it's nothing.
0: Right, and then yeah, exactly, and then if you you look back and when you don't have that sandbox anymore, and you look back and you go, I wish I played while I was in that sandbox. Um, right.
1: But then the the faulty thinking there is thinking you're no longer in the sandbox
0: right. Which right. you were. <laughs>
1: When you're Touché. like, no, this is just a different sandbox. Yeah, a Let different me play sandbox, yeah. instead of worrying about the last time I was in a sandbox.
0: Yep, you're always just looking at the last sandbox you were in. Um, yeah. <laughs> he also mentions the idea of Zhu Zhuang, which is the the moment in chess where you are forced to make a move, but that move that's forced puts your 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 piece in danger. Like, but you but based on the way the game is played, you have to make a choice to move. Yeah. The, you have to move your. Piece somewhere you have to move at least one piece on the board, um, especially like if, if you're in check, then you have mm-hmm. to move your king. Uh, but that could put somebody something else in danger, like allow them to take your queen, whatever it is. But like the inability yeah, to make a choice, um, you know. Whether it, th- th- he mentions that toward the end also, where he says, "I'm unable, I'm una- unable to make a choice." I'm going to start that again. He says he's unable to make a choice because he didn't know what was going to happen, and then he was unable to make a choice because he did know what was going to happen. So yeah. both keep making keep him frozen
1: yeah i mean have you ever played chess much
0: yes enough to know that i'm not good at it
1: yeah but (laughs) even if you're not good at it you you know that moment right when that sucks where you have to make that decision oh yeah Yeah. uh,
0: you're like well i'm either gonna i'm gonna have to sacrifice the queen here or you're gonna be like well at this point, I'm just gonna moving the king back and forth behind this pawn, and I'm basically in checkmate. Yeah, actually, I forgot stalemate. stalemate. I for,
1: yeah, I I forgot they made that chess analogy because you can only be good at chess if, if you're thinking multiple moves ahead, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, a good
0: point. I didn't think of it that way.
1: Like my my dad is is really good at that because he can sit there for you know several minutes before he makes a move and play out all these possibilities in his head he's also probably listening right now hi dad um mm-hmm. but i i just want to play the game you know yeah like i just i want to make a move so that they can make a move so i can make a move like i'll think like maybe one move ahead for a couple of the moves but i've just that's why i'm not great at chess i just i just want to play i just want to have fun Like yeah. mean, you know give me checkers
0: uh, well, well, whether whether this movie lives in the imagination of a nine year old, or if we're looking, um, but if we're looking in the back on the experiences from the 119, 118 year old uh, Nemo, the I think one of the things that it, it seems, if you're not thinking of it as the imagination, experiences always live in your memory. So you can always go back and relive these things, like you, the things that really happened, not yes what might have happened. So the more experiences you collect, the more full your life will be, the more, as you're older, even if you can't do those things anymore, let's say something physical that you're not able to do anymore, you can relive those times, you can enjoy the fact that you have done them. So making the choice to do something and, you know, do something that you won't regret later or that you will appreciate that you have done is, a uh, I think, an important lesson to learn from this movie as well.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you got to go see About a Girl. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Son of a bitch my line.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, as long as you don't get lost in those memories. Yeah. You know, like the, the trope of the good old days. It, as long as your life doesn't become just remembering the times you did have fun. Right. It should be rem- remembering why you make those decisions. Because when you do that, you have fun.
0: Right. And that's a good lesson to learn. But I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like in this scene, like the literal deathbed scene, when you look back on your life you're gonna oh, sure, sure. you know be happy with what you what you've done and not regret the things you didn't do that's why i'm sitting here telling you about my wife instead of <laughs> talking about a girl i didn't go talk to at a bar one night <laughs> yeah um
1: still, still would have been nice to see that game though.
0: <laughs> i didn't know if, uh, Pudge was gonna hit a homer <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, uh, we've come full circle we've come yeah. flat circle
1: yeah well uh I just want to say, let's see. We've now referenced the Good Will Hunting episode. We've referenced the Matrix episode earlier. I High said something. I can't remember. High fidelity say anything. Uh, we didn't reference the Heat You Give, but we talked no, about yeah. uh, Sleepwalk with Me. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, this man. is this is the best of. If it's this all is your, if this is your, entree into imitating art, you've you've gotten the full gamut.
0: He said that because this is a French movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I actually said it because I couldn't think of the word I was actually trying to think of. so I really you, could have said it.
0: You, could, you could have said just the first one you've listened to, but entree sounds cooler. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The only other uh, thing that st- that I have on my list here, lesson-wise, is uh, he mentions always say I love you to the people you love.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I made a note of that, too. Yeah.
0: So, I love you, Chuck.
1: Yeah, I love you, too, Don. And uh, yeah. one of the things I wrote down with that note is... I believe that too. I just don't always do it. Same. You know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely don't do it enough. Every time I hear it, every time I hear or see something that makes me think of that, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that more. And then I don't do that more. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, it's just saying I love you earnestly is just so, like, there's so much personal vulnerability that comes with it. And I know you and I are people who tend to have those walls. So. Mm I know it's tough for me sometimes and I assume for, for probably the same reasons it can be tough for you too.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, when I, when it comes right down, it, so if I'm having a one, like a one-on-one personal conversation with, with a good friend, that's not really hard for me to say it. Um, but it's not something that just comes up. Like if I'm thinking of it, I might, I might say it, but it doesn't come to the forefront of my mind. It's more my actions. <laughs> I try to, yeah. I try to show it more in action than yeah. in, uh, in words. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's nice to hear sometimes, as as I know.
1: Yeah. When, when I hear uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison say to each other <laughs> on their podcast, I'm like, man, how, how do they do that? Like, as yeah. often as they do. So I don't have any fun part ideas, do you? Any last fun questions?
0: No. No, I don't have a fun question. I have a depressing question, but I won't use that one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> do you have any recurring uh, thoughts of how you might die?
1: Uh yeah, um, heart attack. Hmm. I mean, you know, I've been overweight most of my life. I just assume. Yeah. You know, I've had uh, people in my family with, with heart problems, so.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or a um, uh, car accident.
0: Yeah, car accident is definitely one of mine.
1: Most of the time that I get into a car, at least if I get on a, a highway, which is fairly often, uh, I, I will picture at least one fatal car accident on my drive Mm -hmm. so there's
0: that i used to do that all the time uh especially at intersections um more Mm -hmm. than highways um but because i've seen so many people run red lights and stop signs uh i just imagined i'm just going to be t-boned one day uh so and, and i used to like and i think when i was learning to drive or when i was starting to drive i would imagine that every time i went through an intersection so that has made me like super vigilant about like checking every intersection and like if I see anybody who looks like they might not be stopping for that red light, I'm going to wait for that to go through mm-hmm. it. Um, or make sure I know they're coming to a stop before I pull through. Um, especially out in Salt Lake, I could not tell you how many people I see run a red light on a daily basis. Um,
1: yeah.
0: so that's one.
1: I told you about the time, I, I think it was like a year ago, maybe even longer than that a couple of years ago where, um, I was stopped at a red light and I was in like the far right lane and there was a big vehicle next to me like like an SUV or something. You know, my car is very small, so it doesn't take a lot for the car next to me to like block any vision of what's happening, like on my Mm -hmm. driver's side. And the light turned green and the car next to me and I both started at the same time. But then they stopped and I couldn't see anything that was going on. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop too, just in case. Yeah. And then along comes, comes this car just blasting through their, their red light across the intersection. Good call. Okay. Good. Not everyone would have done that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, you've seen me like on the highway next to like a a big truck where I start white knuckling it. Yeah. Uh, Or even just next to like a, like a a barrier of of any sort that is a little too close on the shoulder. Zipper on the bridge. Yeah, yeah, you've seen how I get.
0: <laughs> having a, I, I think having a healthy fear of driving is a good thing because it makes you a safer. It makes you a more defensive driver. You're gonna like be looking out for things. So, yeah. I think like not being crippled with fear to not be able to make a decision.
1: Yes. Ha-ha. <laughs>
0: but ha look at that. Um, but to be able to you know realize there are real dangers out there and not just casually uh, be like on your phone or something while you're <laughs> while you're driving all the time and just not think everything's going to be fine because you're more likely to die in a car accident on your way home than you are flying across the country or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, the things to be that more fair, people are afraid of.
1: To be fair, most people drive home every day
0: well, and yes, fly I know. across I know the country
1: the, a few times.
0: I know the statistics, <laughs> but, I mean, but but still statistically the amount of... But yeah, it's, I mean, there it's, are, it's still statistically a more yes. dangerous thing. <laughs> um,
1: and that, But that's because of the other people on the road that you have to account for, whereas... You know, in a plane, like no one dies from, almost no one dies from another plane crashing into your, your <laughs> plane, right. unless you're in yep. Breaking Bad.
0: No midair collisions.
1: Like, if you had if you had people on the highway that were watching the traffic consistently and keeping in contact with you, and being like, okay, stay this speed, because there are other cars around doing this. You so know, it sounds uh, like you're, you're self-driving Tesla if, self-driving cars. <laughs> yeah, if, if we had road traffic controllers.
0: Yeah. We will. I mean, we'll have some version of them. Like yes, this. We, will. Oh, we will. I'm, at some I'm point. very much.
1: But we don't right now.
0: Self-driving cars, no. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, be vigilant. Be uh, be safe out there. Yeah. Um, All right. If you're driving right now, listening to this, be <laughs> <you're> safe. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. You don't want us to be the last thing you hear before you go.
0: No, that would be the real tragedy. There's so many other podcasts. So many other podcasts you could have listened to.
1: It'd be a monumental <laughs> moment for us, but it would be a complete tragedy for <laughs> yes. you.
0: Yes, we will be putting that on our CV, but I'm sorry for you. <laughs> RIP on our CV. Yep. But, um, yep. yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's uh, that's about all I have. That's
1: yeah, all I have me to too. Give.
0: Other than uh, uh, an aneurysm, I always feel like yeah. I'm just going to conk out one day. Yeah. Like just... Oh, sure.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think... As long as it's sudden, I think that's a good way to go.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, I don't have an aneurysm while I'm driving.
1: Yeah. It. Well, yeah, because I don't want to take anyone else with me. Yeah. But, you know, if I can go in a way where I, I'm not scared. Yeah. I think that's, no matter how it happens, whether I know it's coming or not, as long as I'm not scared of it happening, that's the ideal, right?
0: That would be ideal, yes. Yeah. But without knowing, you might not be able to... Take all that time to go back and tell all those people you love them. So do it while you can.
1: Yeah. You were well, right, man. That that was a depressing question. That was not the fun part. It sure was. We definitely
0: <laughs> took we definitely went off the rails on that last little bit there, so we'll, well see how much how much of that stays in.
1: I mean, <laughs> when you ask a human a question about death, it's 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 probably gonna turn into a conversation.
0: I mean, this movie warrants those kind of questions, I think.
1: Yeah. It's just funny right now to think about how much of the movie we haven't talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that there's a fucking director's cut that's a half hour longer.
0: Is it half? I thought it was 15 minutes longer.
1: It's like 20 to 30 minutes longer.
0: Okay. Can't even imagine what else is in there. Yeah, I need a, I'll need need another another little while before I watch this one again.
1: Yeah. It's it's not as bad as Requiem for a Dream, though. Another Jared Leto movie. Yeah. That one I'll probably yeah. never watch again. Yeah, me either. <laughs> That just it starts low and it just keeps getting lower. and Stays
0: lower. Yeah, we can uh, we can we can get into Eternal Sunshine one of these days though.
1: Yes, we, we will do that. People so. want us to do that.
0: Yeah, that's maybe so. we, we should we should finally do one that somebody else actually wants.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I have a couple of coworkers who. One of them posted about uh, Eternal Sunshine the other day, and mm-hmm. I, I responded. Uh, you know, hey, we we're thinking about doing that on the show at some point. And now she and one of my other co workers have been saying, hey, when you do that, let me know. I'll, I'll actually listen.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Give the people what they want.
1: If you have any suggestions for the show, any suggestions at all, there are about 12 people who listen. So
0: uh, if you if made you, it this far,
1: if you can think of any changes at all that you would like to see or just movies you want us to cover, even lessons yeah. you want us to cover, and we can try to find a movie that expresses it. Uh, just email us at imitatingart1 at gmail.com. dot uh, You can, and, uh,
0: Chuck yeah. will check. Chuck will check that email. I will check the the Instagram. If you're uh, if you're on Instagram, follow us at uh, at, ins, at, at imitatingartpod. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter as well. I'm not very active on there at all but yeah. uh, but instagram is where we post most of our content and keep you updated on our um, on our uh goings on in the studio that we don't actually have <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah um and if you want to follow me personally on pretty much any social media you can find i am big F and moose uh, i don't do much on there because i don't do much outside of there but you know every once in a while i post something funny
0: yeah, and I'm uh, at uh, Don't Worry I'm Finite on uh, on Instagram and uh, Don't Worry I'm finite.com. You can find uh, links to my YouTube and everything else that I've been doing. Yeah, all right, and
1: and don't forget the apostrophes. Make sure you put those apostrophes oh, right yeah. in there.
0: Make sure you put them where they don't belong too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, it's been good. It's been it's actual.
1: Been. It's been actual. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll I'll see you in the next one. We hope. Don and Chuck will return in Imitating
1: Art with Don and Chuck.